One sunny morning in the autumn of 1881, Sally Lockhart stood in the garden and watched her little daughter play and thought that things were good. She was wrong, but she wouldn't know how or why she was wrong for twenty minutes yet. The man who would show her was still finding his way to the house. For the moment, she was happy, which was delightful, and she knew she was, which was rare. She was usually too busy to notice. She was happy for one thing about her home. It was a large place in Twickenham called Orchard House, a Regency building, open and airy, with iron balconies and a glass-roofed veranda facing the garden. The garden itself, enclosed by a mellow brick wall, consisted of a wide, sunny lawn with some flower beds and a vine and a fig tree against the wall on one side, and the group of old apple and plum trees at the bottom, which gave the house its name. Against the wall on the side opposite the fig tree, a curious structure had been built, glass-roofed like the veranda, but open all the way along, and containing what looked like the track for a large model railway, supported on trestles about three feet high. It had been built to shelter some experiments in the photography of motion, and there was more work to do on it, but it would wait until her friends came back. Her friends. She was happy in her friends. Webster Garland, sixty-five, a photographer and her partner in Garland and Lockhart, the firm that joined their names, and Jim Taylor, at twenty, two or three years younger than herself, were all she had for a family. They shared the house. They'd shared adventures. They were bohemian. They were unrespectable. They were staunch and faithful, and at the moment they were in South America. Every few years, Webster Garland gave in to the urge to wander into some wild part of the world and photograph it. This time, Jim had gone with him. Sir Sally was on her own, but not really alone. There was the staff, and that was something else she was happy with. Ellie, the maid, and Mrs. Perkins, the cook housekeeper, and Roberts, who looked after the garden and the horses. And there was the photography shop in Church Street, where she went once a week to look over the accounts. And there was her own business in the city, a financial consultancy which she'd built up successfully against the expectations of everyone who thought that women couldn't do that sort of thing, or shouldn't if they wanted to remain feminine, or wouldn't if there wasn't something wrong with them. She'd become so busy that she'd recently had to take on a partner, a dry, ironical young woman called Margaret Haddo, a graduate and a feminist like herself. And finally, there was the.